Rabboisai! Lessons of the Lame. Parashos Mishpatim. I don't know if you guys knew Mishpatim yet. Uh, also, now you know, the special holiday today, Super Bowl Sunday. We daven for the Cholim of Amchal Beis Yisrael, but Kol Makom Shehem, specifically those who have been hurt recently in terrorist attacks, especially the one on Friday, the Rabbi Shalom should be sent them Nechama, especially those two little boys, Nebuch, that were, that were pronounced uh, only after Shabbos. We found out that they died. Such a terrible, terrible situation. The Rabbi Shalom should remove all the Tzaras of Klal Yisrael, and we should be zeichet to see only B'Sarius Taivas. Parashas Mishpatim starts off with a vav. Ve'ela Mishpatim. Seems to be a continuation. Because it's fine and dandy to have the kolos and barakim, as I spoke about this morning, in Mam and Har Sinai, but you need to have actual laws to follow. And those laws are the Mishpatim of the parasha. So one would assume that we're going to get right into it. And we're going to start to learn things that, um, you know, we know about. The actual Mishpatim that we've become familiar with. But it's interesting to note that the first of the Mishpatim are the case of the Eved Ivri. The case of the Eved Ivri. We learn about the Jewish bondsmen. We learn about this very specific case of someone who is unable to pay back something that they stole and they have to go into servitude. But it's only for six years. But now they've established a family and everything seems to be Oiskahalton and Bim Omar. And now Yomar Ha'eved, a hafti sadoini. I like the conditions here. It's fun. It's good. I get my meals paid for. I have to work, but it's nice. It's fine. Lo it's a chafshi. He doesn't have to leave. So what do they do? Vigishu Adonov El. So now what does he do? So then he has to go to the mezuzah. Very interesting. So he goes. He gets a little, uh, a little, a little earring to remember the fact something to remember something. Rashi, of course, comments very interestingly. What's going on over here? What is why dafka in the ear? Why does he have to get it in ozno? So he famously quotes the mechilta. And he says, The Ozen that just heard in last week's parsha that we are Avadim only to the Rabbanu Shalom should know that this is not the appropriate thing. The six years knew you had no choice. You were a robber and you need to learn. But how can you do this? Doesn't make any sense. He's not serving Hashem in the appropriate way. That's what he writes. Ozen Shashamat al Sinai ki li b'nei Yisrael avadim. Right? We left servitude of Mitzrayim never to do that again. So what are you doing? Good. So many comment on this, and I think previous lessons of the Lev, I, I spoke out Ravasha Weiss's idea of this Ozen Shashamat. I want to take a different kivun this morning. A different kivun. So the first step of that kivun is something quite interesting. And that is something I never even thought of. And it's so partial in the Pasuk. Why does the Pasuk say, V'yegishu el hadelet o el hamezuzah? Ki'ilu has a choice. So we know in, in Hebrew, a delet and a mezuzah are two different things. The delet is the, the door itself. The mezuzah is the door post. And we know, as Rashi says, practically, you, you, it would be very difficult to... Pierce someone's ear on a door, they do it on the doorpost. Okay. 
We call it a mezuzah, but it reminds us, of course, of the mezuzah. What's going on over here? So I heard an interesting idea. There's a fascinating Gemara. Uh, it's actually both a Yushalmi and a Gemara. Gemara in Yuma, Yushalmi in Peah. And it goes something like this. It tells the story of Yehuda Hanasi. And in the times of Yehuda Hanasi, there was a, uh, there was a king, the king of Persia, Artavon. And the story goes that he sent a beautiful present to Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi. Rabbi, he was the, the head of Klal Yisrael. Beautiful diamond, Margoliath, beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So the Shiloh was what to send in return. So Rabbi Yehuda Hanasi thinks of what can be even more precious than anything else. And he sends him a mezuzah. Okay. Um, he sends him a mezuzah. So comes along Artvon and he says, "Ani shalachti lecha matana yikara keitzat tashalechli davar paut erech kazeh." What is this? This is some paper, a little box and paper. No. Rabbi Yehuda Nasi answers him, "Ata shalach." You bought me something that I have to watch over. But I bought you something that's going to watch over you. Ah. Okay, cute. The Yushami continues, it said, After a certain amount of time, the Melech, Artvan, had a machala kasha. It was very sick. And guess what? Put up the mezuzah in his doorpost, in his room. And he, he I believe it was his daughter, became 100% cured from this. So he understood the power of the mezuzah. What does the mezuzah remind us of? So we know this concept of shakai, the shin, the dalad, and the yud that's on many mezuzahs, remind us of shomir dalasa Yisrael, shomir dalasa Hashem, whatever, whatever way you want to say it. And even though a guy, of course, is not chayv in this mitzvah, and one could even argue that maybe you shouldn't give him a mezuzah. There's a koyach of shmira. Because as we know, we have an interesting halacha. It's interesting, I remember as a kid, I don't know if you guys remember, if you were, you're, you're tkufa, you had Uncle Moshi. You know Uncle Moshi? Yeah, yeah. So Uncle Moshi, I got very scared when he, you know, Uncle Moshi had another job. He was also a photographer. So he, he does school pictures. So all of a sudden, Uncle Moshe, free concert. <laughs> he comes and he takes pictures. And he's, he's arguing he's not Uncle Moshe. He really looks exactly like him, except for the man on his hat. And we're, we're like, it's Uncle Moshe. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. It turned out it was Uncle Moshe. Anyway. The producers of Uncle Moshe, Suki and Ding, apparently weren't paying him enough. So he's got a song where he speaks about before you greet your parents, you got to do the real mitzvahs, kissing the mitzvahs, something like that. I don't remember the whole song. And I always argued on this, and I said, what do you mean? It's a misamidah, so your parents run to hug your parents before you kiss them. Kissing the mezuzah? What's kissing the mezuzah? It says in halacha, you look at the mezuzah. But there is something to it. Unfortunately, I didn't, uh, I'm being honest with you, I didn't grow up with this, uh, this um, caution that we should have. This beautiful minhug of kissing the mezuzah. A lot of people do, I don't know, excuse me for being uh, inappropriate for a moment. 
I think, I don't know why, but more women do it than men. I don't know, I find that the seminaries teach this very important thing. And it's a beautiful thing. Right? Maybe during COVID, you shouldn't kiss mezuzah. I actually remember during COVID, people were saying, don't kiss the mezuzah, you're not allowed to. <laughs> Maybe they put plastic over it, you know, who knows? Like the Coke cans, you know, they put the... Anyway, so, what's the, what's the idea? The idea is to recognize that we have two things. We have a delet. And a delet, the reason why we have a door on our house is to keep it secure, to keep our possessions secure. We even put a lock on it. There's a delet and there's a mezuzah. The mezuzah is not physical protection. I'm assuming it actually, as a joke, I'm saying it's a joke, but it causes more harm than anything else. Because the moment the stuck of people see you have a mezuzah on the door, oh baby, you know, knock, knock, knock. I was in Teaneck last Sunday and I was shocked. I was at my friend's house. I was shocked within the 20 minutes I was there, probably eight people came to the house for money. Right, they see the mezuzah. They know, this is it, it's fair gate. Right? But mezuzah is a spiritual protection. And one has to work on this very important lesson. The physical against the spiritual. What's our focus in life? Is it what's inside of the door? What we're trying to protect? Or what's protecting us? And on a day like this, right, where, especially here in Eretz Yisrael, we could only watch the Super Bowl at, uh, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning. So we have to talk about priorities. I always find it interesting that, I mean, I don't find it so interesting because it's an obviously, it's a pastime. But people have nothing to do with sports who maybe even don't even know right now who's playing in the Super Bowl. But we'll watch the game tonight. Certainly a week ago they didn't know who's playing in the Super Bowl. Nikitaina, you know, I'm, I'm very into, uh, I'm doing research for my business class and I need to see the advertisements, whatever, okay, you should it. Or I like hot wings and they're going to be serving wings tonight, you know, I don't want to miss out on free food. But uh, what do you, we know what happens when you uh, stay up all night. They're not going to sleep, you know, they have to tell everybody, go to sleep during the break, make sure, okay, it's not happening. And the Mertz Hashem, hopefully everybody will dive in I know this was a problem last year, unfortunately, I mean unfortunately. Um, my my in-laws were away, so we used their house for a Super Bowl party. So there were two Super Bowl parties. My son and my son had one. And I was in charge. My wife said, well, you can't just open an apartment, you know. I guess there was a trust issue here. So um, I was up the whole night. And um, I say this because we dive <clears throat> It was, the game was over way before Basikin. So I don't know what they do here in Yeshiva. So we decided we we're going to go to sleep until 8 o'clock. And the, the deal was they had to go to school. They went to school and they, they were able to function at school. My kids went to school. And I taught that morning. They had a Yomi or something. It's possible. It's what your priorities are in life, right? The person was up all last night. He had a, he had a headache. He had a stomachache. And all of a sudden he shows up to Shear in the morning. It's the mezuzah. The physicality may say to us, I can't, I, 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 you know, I don't have to. I don't. What's protecting us? Right? We have to do our shtadlis, we have to turn the alarm on at night. It's the mezuzah that's really protecting us. But the mezuzah is basically saying to us, well, should I be protecting this house? What is the basis of this house? It's a wonderful story that's told about, um, I don't remember where I heard the story from about a family Nebuch who's having issues. And we know that when a family has problems, sickness in family, Rahman al-Islam, what does everybody always say? Check him as Azaz. 
You know? And I like to say to that, why don't you check your mitzvahs first? Now, don't run to the mezuzah and say that's the the secret potion. Maybe maybe you need to do a little tshuva, or maybe I don't know. But let's focus for a moment. So they're having problems, and someone says to them, "Oh, you need to go to the uh, famous makubal. He's going to help you out." So they go to the makubal, and the makubal says, "I see that there is a problem in your house. There is a problem in the house." It's in the living room. Describe for me what your living room looks like. What a weird question. So they show him, they, they, they explain to him that there's a couch and there's some svarim, Hashem, and there's a lamp and there's a, is this anything else? Oh yeah, yeah, we have this beautiful, beautiful flat screen, you know, 82 inch TV. He says, okay. There's got to be something else in the room. He says, oh my God, we forgot. Recently, my, um, my father passed away. And he always had this gorgeous Torah that, that was recovered from the Holocaust. Unfortunately, it's not kosher anymore. But it's in this gorgeous casing. And it's opened. So it's in the living room also. It's so beautiful. He says, whoa, whoa, whoa. You have a TV with an open safe for Torah? Are you, are you crazy? Meshuggah? Seriously? And then he looked at them and he says, I think you know what you have to do. A few hours later, they returned to the Mukubal and they said, we have a gift for you. We want to dedicate this Torah to you and keep it because, you know, we need, we need our 82-inch TV in the house. Right? Priorities. They didn't understand. They didn't understand. What's protecting what? Of Shechter says that the story of the Eved is a life story. Because the Rabbani Shalom threw us into Gullus. And he quotes from Yehuda Lev Diskin that the message of... Yehuda Lev Diskin asks a very good question, right? Why don't we put a piercing on the guy six years ago? when he first started stealing. That's a good remembrance. He's not going to do it again. So he answers it has nothing to do with the initial robbery. It's that six years later, he is not at all, I want to say remorseful, but he hasn't been rehabilitated, is really the word. Why? Because he wants to stay where he is. Why does a person rob Steal and cheat. And I'm not even talking about what you're thinking about. I'm not talking about, you know, taking this cake home with you, saying it's mine. I'm talking about, unfortunately, what people do, cheat a little bit on taxes. It's like being a little bit pregnant. You're cheating. Stealing a little bit. Of this. I'm not going into a store and stealing things. But uh, I'll go upstairs for a Boaz's bar mitzvah and see a bottle of Coke there and say, I'll bring it up to my room. That's not stealing. I'm sure he doesn't need it anyway. Stealing. This guy didn't get it after six years. So it's for him to remind himself, what are you doing? You haven't learned your lesson. Why are you saying that you love your master so much? Your master is only the Rabbana Shalom. You've made a tremendous error here. So Rav Shechter comments on this. And Rav Shechter says that this is not just a lesson for the 
person who stole. It's a lesson for us. Have we not learned your lesson after six years? So says Rav Shachter that we were kicked out of Eretz Israel. Before Gemara tells us in Yuma, different sins that we did, Hashem kicked us out, put us in Gullus. Our Gullus experience, wherever that country is that you live, is an experience of being kicked out of the Rabboni Shlom's home. Says Rav Shechter, and then came, quote unquote, the six years later, the Rabboni Shlom brings us back to Eretz Yisrael. He builds a Medina Yisrael. One of the greatest miracles of modern times, if not the greatest miracle, the amount of Torah that's being learned here, the greatest miracle, Rabbi Isai. And what happens, says Rav Shechter? The Rabboni Shlom is basically saying, I forgive you. You've been forgiven for the sins that you've done. But now it's up to us. God forbid that by refusing to recognize the nature of one punishment, we bring ourselves another punishment. What do we do with that? Do we say, no, Ahaftias Adoini. Who's Adoini? America, Canada. England. I have to do What do you think? I'm going to get up and I'm going to move? Yeah, crazy? We had guests for Shabbos. And that's exactly what they said to us. They said, listen, call a kavod to you that you moved to Israel. But we can't move. You understand why. You understand why. I do understand why. I don't know the language. My company's not in Israel. The bureaucracy here. All the red tape. Trying to understand, oh, when I try to come in during COVID, oh, the hoops, they're all right about everything they said. Nobody says, nobody says it's going to be easy. Nobody. But it's the ultimate test of Ruchnius and Gashmius. That's what I believe. And I think these are the same messages, these two messages. Do I understand the message of the Mezuzah or the message of the Delos? Do I care more about my possessions? This slave cared more about the comfort that he had. I got a family, I got comfort, I got meals. I'm not going to do Avayi Hashem the way that it should be. There's halachas of evidently that are not the same as a regular Jew. And that's Eretz Israel. Now this is, it may sound like an Aliyah speech, but it's not an Aliyah speech. It's recognizing and realizing that I need to have goals in my life. A few weeks ago, someone sent me a clip, not important, of what, I'm not, I'm not the biggest fan of podcasts, but it was a podcast. And the rabbis were talking about an announcement that came out a few weeks ago about a famous rabbi from America who's going to be moving to Eretz Israel. And one rabbi says, wow, when that happens, it gives us pause to think about Wow, if a big rov of a big shul is moving to Eretz Yisrael, maybe us as rabbis should move to Israel. And the other rabbi is like, or maybe not. <laughs> Moshe Feinstein's famous Hetter is doing great work in this country. All true. But what I a little bit disagree with is, no, I should pause for a moment and say, I should have to review, whether it's on a yearly basis, whether it's on a monthly basis, do I belong where I am? And this is a, this is a, a bigger question. So the question is, 
when I decide what college I'm going to, when I decide what profession I'm going to, do I belong here? I need to review this and say, are my Adelita or Mezuzah guy? I'm not against watching the Super Bowl. But what's the toichen of that? So my saying to the Rebbe okay, I need to commit more now to learning on a Sunday because I know I'm going to have problems tomorrow morning with, with, with learning. A person has the audacity of going on vacation and not taking with him any svarim. It's the greatest day. Sunday, Sunday. <coughs> Eretz Yisrael doesn't know from a Sunday, right? Baruch Hashem. But what do people do on Sunday outside of Eretz Yisrael? They don't have, they're off. So is it a day of redelit or mezuzah? Is it a day of recommitting ourselves to the Baruch Shalom? Or opening up our, you know, TVs inside of our Dallas? Eretz Yisrael doesn't just signify moving here and serving in the army and, and, and going to Opan. No, 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 no. It signifies saying, I recognize your Baruch Shalom. A great miracle has happened here. I can't make it here right now. But I know spirituality is all in Eretz Yisrael. You know, there's a, there's a shita that says, it's very interesting. I don't know why my kids ask this. It's very funny. Oh, because it was Thursday. So I landed on Thursday, and I don't know why. When I came home, they said, oh, we have a question for you, Abba. We were wondering, did you bench Goma? So I followed Rabbi Moshe Feinstein's halacha, that you bench Goma, even though I travel very often. I said, yeah, I bench Goma. You know, it's a little bit, I don't want to say embarrassing. It's the, the, the big bar mitzvah, and everybody's yeah, singing, and then all of a sudden, Hartzin gets up and says, Goma. And uh, one of my wonderful friends, who travels a lot as well, he's like, did you go to the hospital? Said, yeah, on a plane, big deal. Goma. Like, what was it? Why, why do you think I didn't make a call? I said, oh, we thought maybe you landed on Thursday, which is true. I landed at 9.15 in the morning. Maybe you davened. And I said, yeah, I actually did that last time. I davened in the airport instead. It's better to daven than daven on a plane, of course. Why am I telling you this? Because there's a sheet in the Rishayim that say that actually, even if you davened on <coughs> Thursday on the plane over, I don't know, I remember we were over Italy and I was trying to sleep. And the captain got on and he goes, oh, ladies and gentlemen, we're over Italy. And we're being informed that you're trying to make phone calls phone calls. People got service, I guess they were a little, and they were making phone calls, and it's, it's disturbing the, uh, the instru- uh, this always scares me. If that can into, I don't know, they knew people were making phone calls. Very strange. In Italy. So you're over Italy, and you start davening. So there's a shita that says that when you land, you should put your tefillin on again, because now you're in Eretz Yisrael, and that's where the real mitzvahs are. Can you imagine that? Yeah, it's amazing. It's amazing shita. What's the idea? It's the focus of Eretz Yisrael. We just had all the return to learn guys come back. They can go anywhere on vacation. They deserve some time off. They come back to Eretz Yisrael. Ah, some guys here walking around. They say, oh, I had a few weeks. They come to Eretz Yisrael to learn. Wow. It's a free focus. It's beautiful. That's what the idea is. Are we Delit or Mezuzah's people? That doesn't mean you can't open up the Delits all the time. That doesn't mean that sometimes, you, yes, you can watch a Super Bowl. You can have fun with your friends. But what's my commitment and understanding? I'm going to get, make an excuse and be a delicate person the entire Monday and not wake up? No. I have to be a mitzvah person. We should be zeichet to understand these wonderful and amazing ideas and be zeichet to commit ourselves both to Eretz Yisrael and both to the mezuzah. And the Rebbe Hashem should return upon us. Shomer delosos Yisrael. Hashem should watch over us in every way, spiritually and physically. Be as God telling me, Amen, Amen.